the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. WTBN Pinellas Park. In order to be the church, we have to be in church. Take your family to church this Portions of this hour have been pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. Odyssey. The following program was pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. Watch this. Those who are religious often claim to love God deeply, and they're very concerned about their appearance, and they're very concerned that they uh, socially appear right in in people's eyes. And the truth of the matter is they are hypocrites who, who despise God. They hate God. They just love themselves. And they love the opinions of people. And they love themselves, and they want people to think highly of them. That is a radical statement. But today on Verse by Verse, we will see right from God's Word that it is true. Hello and welcome to Verse by Verse with Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Pastor Steve began a new series of lessons in our last class, a series from chapter 15 of the Gospel of Mark. If you are a Christ follower, perhaps you sometimes wonder, as I do, why people reject the claims of Christ when to us they are so abundantly obvious. Well, there are several reasons. One reason is religion. In our previous class, Pastor Steve showed us how religion keeps people away from salvation. Today, let's move on to another thing that repels people from the Savior. We do not like to be exposed for who and what we really are. Here's Pastor Steve to explain. But the point that I want you to see in verse 10 is that they were envious. They were jealous of the influence that Jesus had with the common people. Remember, in Israel, you have the religious leaders, but you also have the common people. He was, for the most part, very popular with the common people, especially those from the northern part of the country, the Galilean uh, Jews. And so uh, they are jealous and envious. And this is confirmed by what Caiaphas had said earlier in that week. Let's look at John chapter 11 again. And we've seen this before, but I'm going to show you some some other things here and some different angles. Uh, John chapter 11. It's a week before, and uh, Jesus has raised Lazarus, his friend, from the the grave. He has brought him back to to life. It is technically not a resurrection, but he uh, raised him back to life. And uh, you would think that a miracle would soften people's hearts, but I've said many times, miracles don't soften anybody's hearts. If you're not inclined and softened by the grace of God, you're not going to be softened by a miracle. And here's what, here's what happened. Verse 47, Therefore the chief priests and the Pharisees convened the council and were saying, What are we doing? For this man is performing many signs. If we let him go on like this, all men will believe in him. I mean, isn't that absurd? Here he's raised somebody from the dead who is dead for three days. In fact, that's that wonderful language in the King James Version says, After three days he stinketh. I mean, he was dead for three days, and all they're saying is, if we let him go on, I guess everybody's going to believe in him. 
All men will believe in Him and the Romans will come and take away our place and our nation. This is, this is amazing. And, and we, can, we can just stop there. But all they're concerned about is the power play. They are not concerned with the, with the issue, is Jesus the Messiah? That's the only issue they should have been concerned about. Is He the truth? I mean, who goes around raising people from the dead? The issue, as they saw it, wasn't whether Jesus was the Messiah or not. The truth wasn't their concern, like many people today. It is not their concern. They were determined to stay in power, even if it meant killing Christ and doing away with their opposition. They were, they were determined that they were going to win this game. It's a power game to them. Now, I want to just apply this and, and bring in a, a principle here. Religious leaders today often have the same problem with Jesus. They often have the same problem with him. False religious leaders and, and often professional theologians reject Jesus, not because they have looked objectively at the issues, not because they have studied the matter, but because they love to control people and to exercise authority over them. And they see Jesus, quite frankly, as a rival to them. They don't want people following Jesus and falling in love with him because that will lessen their control over people. You see this especially in the cults. Uh, one of the marks of a cult is that there's some type of a messianic leader who has absolute control over these people. Whatever he says goes. He certainly wouldn't want them turning to Jesus. You also see this. Uh, you can see this in, in rabbis and priests and ministers as well and professional theologians. They're threatened by someone who, uh, who tells them about Jesus. You try to go and speak to somebody like that, and there's a, there's a tremendous... Uh, jealousy there that they will not admit, but that's the bottom line. You see, power is very addicting. It's, it, you can get very addicted to power. Let's look at Mark chapter 12, just a few chapters back, and you see how Jesus addressed this issue and what he had to say. Mark chapter 12, verse 37. I'm just jumping back 37. Actually, 38 begins a new section, but notice the contrast Jesus said, David himself calls him Lord, so in what sense is he his son? And the great crowd enjoyed listening to him. Isn't that interesting? You have to picture that he's in the temple area, and the crowd enjoys listening, and the common people enjoy listening to him. Uh, he speaks their language. There's no false piosity there. He's, he's humble. He's genuine. He talks to them about their needs. He, he doesn't lord it over them. But watch this. Notice verse 38. And in his teaching, he was saying, Beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and like respectful greetings in the marketplaces. See, they wanted to be greeted. They wanted everybody to salute them and recognize how wonderful they were. And the chief seats in the synagogues and places of honor at banquets. He said, they're the ones who devour widows' houses and for appearance sake offer long prayers. And he said, these will receive greater condemnation. They'll do anything to, to get power and prestige, and they love for people to salute them and recognize them and sort of bow down to them, and they love that type of recognition. There are religious leaders like that today. Beware of them. Beware of them. That's a, uh, Jesus was condemning them, and he said they will receive condemnation. You see, this is why true biblical leadership is always based upon servanthood and not manipulation. Not manipulation. In fact, if you go back a few chapters to Mark chapter 10, verse 42. 
Mark 10, verse 42, and calling them to himself, Jesus said to them, and they were arguing, by the way, over his disciples, over who was the greatest in the kingdom. He said, you know that, that those who are recognized as rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them. I mean, it wasn't just Jewish religious leaders, but the secular authorities, they lorded it over them. And their great men exercise authority over them. But it is not so among you, but whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servants, and whoever wishes to be first among you shall be slave over all. See, we don't control people. We don't control people. We point them to Jesus Christ. That's our job. Isn't that what Paul said? When he said, we preach Christ, not ourselves. We preach Jesus as Lord. We don't preach ourselves, and we're not out to control people, but Understand that that was why the religious leaders so hated Christ. They were jealous of him. And rather than examining the issues, they just said, let's do away with him. It's either him or us. And uh, we're going to make sure it's him. Now, the second reason why the Sanhedrin and all of today's religious professionals reject Jesus Christ is because they reject him and they hate him. Watch this for exposing them for what they really are. And and you need to turn now to John chapter 15. Everybody needs to turn there because that's where we're going to be looking for the rest of of our message is really John chapter 15. I told you we'll just use Mark as a springboard to another passage of Scripture. I just didn't want to leave this portion of Scripture without dealing with the issue of, of why these religious leaders were so concerned about nailing Jesus to the cross. Religious leaders and religious people reject and hate Jesus Christ because he exposes them for what they really are. He rips the mask off and he says, you don't love God, you hate God. Watch this. Those who are religious often claim to love God deeply. And they're very concerned about their appearance and they're very concerned that they socially appear right in in people's eyes and... uh, The truth of the matter is they are hypocrites who who despise God. They hate God. They just love themselves. And they love the the opinions of people. And they love themselves and they want people to think highly of them. And and the reason we know that is because of John chapter 15. Now, last week we looked at John 15, but I'm going to take it a step deeper this week. Jesus said in chapter 15 of John, verse 18, Since the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. This is the night that he's going to be arrested. He's explaining to them that in the church age, life will not be a piece of cake. It will not be easy. They need to understand that persecution is ahead. And what he is saying is the world hates me. Understand that it will hate you. It did not attack believers at that point. You know why? Because they had Jesus. They attacked Jesus. But once Jesus is gone, we're open targets. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Why? Because you affirm what the world believes and you do what the the world does. You just sort of affirm their unbelief. They're not going to be too upset at that. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Because you've, you've said to the world, in essence, we leave you. We don't want to stay there. We condemn the system. And we're no longer here. We're over here. We've turned our backs on what we used to love. And so that's a, that's a real threat to them because that's saying to them that uh, you mean we're wrong? And that's in essence really why they, why they hate us. But let's just take it deeper. Verse 20. Remember the word that I said to you, a slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. 
If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. Now watch this. But all of these things they will do to you for my name's sake. Why? Because they do not know the one who sent me. Do you realize why the world hates Jesus so much and therefore why they hate you and they hate me? It's because the world is willfully ignorant of the truth of Jesus Christ. Willfully ignorant. There's a belligerence in their ignorance. That's what Jesus is saying in verse 21. They do not know the one who sent me. They don't know God. And it doesn't mean they just haven't had the opportunity. It means they've had the opportunity and they have rejected the truth about God. They have willfully rejected the truth about God. They don't want to know him. And when he gives them light by revealing himself to them, they reject it. Uh, stay, put a bookmark, if you will, at John 15. But let's look at Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, people often ask me, well, what about those who have never heard of Jesus? Uh, uh, where do they stand? Paul makes it very clear where they stand in Romans chapter 1. In Romans 1, he puts the world on trial. In Romans 2, he puts the pagan, uh, the sophisticated Gentile on trial. And in Romans 3, he puts the Jewish person on trial. And his conclusion is all of sin that come short of the glory of God. In Romans 1, he, he puts the pagan ancient world who, who says, but we didn't know. And he tells him, yeah, but you did know truth and you rejected it. Verse 18, Romans 1, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. They knew the truth. They may not have known about Jesus, but they knew the truth. And when they had the truth, they suppressed it. That means they held it down. They didn't let it up to grip their lives. They held it down. Then he explains. Because, verse 19, that which is known about God is evident within them. For God has made it evident to them. God has put it into their conscience to know about him. Also, verse uh, 20 speaks of not only their conscience, but creation. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power natural, uh, and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made so that they are without excuse. Paul says, yeah, they may not know the details about Jesus Christ, but they could look out and see the stars and the heavens declare the glory of God. And they can see nature, and they can see majestic mountains, and they can understand that there is a great and powerful God behind this, but they suppressed that truth. They said, we don't want that truth of a supreme being. And if they did not suppress that truth, then God would have given them more light and more light and more light. But you can't say, well, I would have accepted Jesus if I heard about him, because Jesus is the full and complete revelation of God if you reject the smaller and incomplete revelation of God over here. You can't say I would have accepted him here, but you don't accept a little truth about God here. That doesn't work. So he says they are without excuse. Notice this. He says in verse 21, for even though they knew God, and he means they knew about him, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations. Because they turned away from the truth of God as a worshiper of God, they became a philosopher, philosophers, and they became futile in their speculations, and then their foolish heart was darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools. And he shows how foolish they really are and mankind's foolish today. Verse 23, exchanging the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible men and birds and of four-footed animals and crawling creatures. 
Notice verse 25, for they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. What, what is Paul saying? He's saying is that people willfully reject the truth about God. All have willfully rejected the truth about God, and especially those who have the appearance of being religious. Look, let me, let me just explain the whole history of the Old Testament in just a few words. God, God created a people. They rejected him. The world rejected him. Then he called the Jewish people through Abraham. They eventually rejected the truth. They got into pagan idolatry and disobedience, and he sent the prophets to call them back. And what did they do to the prophets? They rejected them. They didn't build the monuments. I mean, now they have monuments, sure. Now, if you go to Israel, you can see some monuments. But uh, they rejected them, and they killed some of them. And then God sent his son. And what do they do to his son? They put him on the cross. Why? Because the world is not going to stand for it. They don't want this. And when you and I claim to be identified with the truth of God, the world reacts in hatred and hostility because they don't want God. They don't want to hear it. They're just not going to stand for it. No matter what you say. And people may be very religious. And and watch this. Don't be fooled by religious appearance. They may be very religious, but they deny the truths that that are revealed by God. And they create, therefore, their own little gods and their own invented religion. People being religious is not an indication that they are seeking after God. It is an indication and it reveals that they have rejected the truth about God. We might look all over the world and say, but look how religious people are and the Hindus have so many gods. Doesn't it, see, doesn't it show you that man is searching after God? No, according to Romans chapter 1, man is innately religious and he will worship something. And when he rejects the truth about God, he still has to worship something. He'll just create another God to worship. And many times, at least in our culture, it's himself. Oh, the reason for people being religious is they need to worship something, so they're just going to create gods. That's why they're religious. But don't misunderstand. They hate Jesus Christ. And, and Jesus goes on to illustrate this, this willful ignorance and belligerence towards him. Notice verse 22. I'm back to John 15. Verse 22, if I had not come, Jesus said, and spoken to them, they would not have sin, but now they have no excuse for their sin. Now, what is he saying? Let me say he is not saying that if he never came, people wouldn't be guilty of sin. He, no, they were guilty of sin before he came. He's talking about being guilty of a specific sin, the sin of rejecting the full revelation of God. Now watch this. Let's go on. Verse 23, he who hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works which no one else did, they would not have sinned. But now they have both seen and hated me and my father as well. What is he saying? The point is this. Jesus is saying, I came and I perfectly revealed God to you by my words, by my works, by my life. And in your rejection of me, you have committed the sin of rejecting God's full revelation of himself. And therefore, the mask of your hypocrisy has been ripped off. Ripped off. These religious leaders said, we love God. We're children of Abraham. We're children of the covenant. No, God is our father. By Jesus coming and saying, if you love God 
you would love me because I am God and they crucified him. Jesus said, that proves that you hate God. It proves it. You would know who I am. The world is at enmity with God. The, the world is not neutral. The world is at enmity with God. Romans 8, 7 says that the carnal mind is at enmity with God. It hates God. Uh, look, if you will, John chapter 8. Turn back a few, a few chapters. John chapter 8. Unbelief is very wicked. It is not a neutral thing. And I want you to see this. And religious unbelief is, is even more hideous because it's, it's hypocritical. John chapter 8, verse 37. Look at the way the religious leaders spoke to Jesus. Jesus said, I know you're Abraham's offspring. I mean, I know you're physical descendants of Abraham. They told him that. I mean, you know, he knew that. Yet you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak the things which I have seen from my father. Therefore, you also do the things which you have heard from your father. They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. And you know that they had to answer with uh, sort of being indignant. Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you are Abraham's children, do the deeds of Abraham. But as it is, you're seeking to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God, this Abraham did not do. You are doing the deeds of your father. They said to him, we are not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. But notice verse 42, Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. You'd love me. For I proceeded forth and have come from God, for I have not even come on my own initiative, but he sent me. What an incredible statement. You see, man hides behind his religious appearance. Church attendance, tithing, giving, morality, even holding a, an office in the church. But Jesus Christ comes and he pulls the mask off and he says, you're nothing but a hypocrite. You hate God. And rather than facing their sin, they say, do away with him. We're not going to have anybody say that about us. He pulls the mask off. He reveals them for what they are. They're rebellious creatures who hate God and are antagonistic to his truth. And we were all like that if you came from some type of religious background. The rejection of Jesus Christ is simply the evidence that they already hate God. Let me reiterate, it's not that everybody worships in his own way. You know, there are all ways to get to heaven, people say, and you have your way and I have my way. It's not that at all. But that man invents his own God because he hates the true God. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. Jesus said in John 3.19, Light has come into the world and men loved the darkness rather than the light for their deeds were evil. They don't want their wicked deeds exposed and they hide those deeds behind a religious facade. That's important for you to, for you to understand. Our time is winding down for today's class, so Pastor Steve will continue next time. Jesus did not tell his followers about the hypocrisy of those who reject him, just so we would have some sort of righteous indignation against the lost. No, he had a better, a more positive reason for revealing their hypocrisy. As Pastor Steve will explain next time, Jesus was preparing his disciples for the persecution that was to come. We are glad you joined us today for Verse by Verse, taught by Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff. Pastor Steve is the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. 
These Bible classes of the air are produced by Verse by Verse Ministries, a faith ministry grateful for the prayers and gifts of our listeners. Here's Pastor Steve with some thoughts about why you might choose to help keep us on the air. I'm Pastor Steve Kreloff with a special message about why people like you choose to support Verse by Verse with their prayers and financial gifts. There was a man who uh, was in touch with us and said he uh, had come to faith in Christ as a result of the verse-by-verse series that we did on Romans and what it means to be justified by faith. We're trying to have lives changed by the teaching of the Word of God. We think there's no substitute for that. If you've been blessed through verse-by-verse, please consider supporting this ministry with prayer and your financial gifts. You can call 727-441-1714. That's 727-441-1714. Or drop us a line at P.O. Box 5884, Clearwater, Florida, 33758. That's P.O. Box 5884, Clearwater, Florida, 33758. To learn more about us, visit our website, versebyverseradio.org. Also at the website, you can listen to or download any of the several hundred MP3 files we keep for your use. You might even like to sign up for our free podcasting service. That's versebyverseradio, all one word, dot O-R-G. To get a CD or cassette with this whole message, call 727-239-0306. If you get the machine, leave your name and number, and we'll get back to you so you can order your copy. An anonymous art critic supposedly once wrote, They couldn't find the artist, so they hung the picture. He could very well have been talking about those who crucified. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.